Glad you live in a country that we have the liberties that we have and the ability to worship God any way that we choose to. Amen. The, the freedom just to, just to speak our own mind. And that freedom was not free. And so if you served in the armed forces in any way, shape, or form, today we just want to thank you and we want to honor you. So what I want us to do, you know, normally we have them stand, and and we did that just a couple of weeks ago. Today I want you to give them a standing ovation. Just stand up and clap and celebrate the people who who have invested their life. We honor you today. Amen. Amen. Give somebody a high five. Tell them I'm free. Amen. You can be seated this morning. If you're here today and you don't own a Bible, if you hold your hand up, the ushers will bring one to you. It's our gift to you. We want to make sure everybody's got a copy of the Word of God. Get in the book. Study the Word of God. You've got to have some scripture that you're building your life on. What is it? What's the Word that you're developing into your life and getting into the, you know, the rich, fertile soil of your heart so it can produce fruit? The, Jesus said the sower sowed the seed. And the seed was the word. The word of God is seed. A lot of us are looking for a harvest in a in a pasture or in a field that we haven't sown any seed in. Seed in. If you don't put seed in, you're not going to get anything out. You know, we're waiting for God to do all kinds of stuff, but God needs His word in order to operate. And the only part of God's word that works is the part that you do. So you got to take the word of God. You got to plant it in the soil of your heart. You got to meditate on it. You got to you got to read it and repeat it and read it and repeat it and read it and repeat it. And then the Spirit gives life to that word, and that word will begin to produce fruit in your life. Amen. Now, I want you to hold your Bible up in the air today. Let's make a confession together. Lift your Bible up. Say, "This is my Bible." Say, "I am what it says I am." Say, "I have what it says I have." Say, "I choose to do what it says I can do." Say, "I have an open mind." I have a teachable spirit from this moment forward. Say, I'll never be the same. Shout it out. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Knuckle bump somebody close to you. Say, it's good to be with me. Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 4. Let's get right at it. It says, formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now, everybody say, but now. Well, let's say it with some gusto. Say, but now. now. Say something different now than it was when I didn't have God. And I think a lot of us, you know, a lot of us, we get distracted somewhere along the journey and we forget, wait a minute, I'm in Christ now. There's something different. It's taking place in my life. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet it's not I that live, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life I now live, the life I now live, that means it's different from the life I used to live. A lot of us, you, you know, it's not just about the rules and the regulations. and, and, and it, No, it's about the final outcome. It's about the end result of our life. That's what we've got to focus on. What kind of fruit is our life producing? And he said, now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn back to those weak and miserable forces? How is it that we keep falling back into the old life that we lived before Christ when we've got a new life that's so much better, so much more, uh, you know, anointed, more empowered? We have the ability. See, I think we forget that God's plan for our life is huge. God's got a big plan for your life. God's not mad at you. Look at your neighbor and tell him, God's not mad at you. No, it's everybody else that's upset. God, God likes you, right? God's on your side. He's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to help you. 
He's not putting you down. He's trying to pick you up. He's got a, he's got a plan for your future, a hope for your future, and the plan that God has for your life. You know, if you think about God's plan for your life, uh, you know, well, he, wants, he wants you to experience wholeness. He, he wants the, the, the brokenness that, that occurs in the process of life. You know, brokenness takes place. There, there's, there's all kinds of chaos. In this world, there's tribulation. You know, we're of good cheer because in Christ we overcome it. But the fact is, is that during life, there's all kinds of things that occur. And we end up broken and, and, and hurting. But God, God's plan is to bring healing, restoration, renewal, and refreshing, revival to your life. God's plan for you is good. It's perfect. It ain't missing anything. God knows you. He made you. He created you. He's got a purpose for you. And, and, and he's wanting to make life good. And then we think that we're going to do it our way and end up with a result that even resembles the result we'd have had we did it God's way. Well, it just kind of proves we're crazy. You know, uh, any of you guys have friends? No. Okay. So... so you won't know, you won't, you might, <laughs> you might not understand what I'm going to talk about this morning for a few moments, but you, you know, some of the people in my life, I love, I love people, but you know, I think we're all just a little nuts. You know, we're working with people and their life is just, you know, and I'm sure all of us have had those moments when it's just chaos. It's just crazy and, and everything's upside down and the pieces are flying through the air and, and you know, there's blood on the walls and you find out that, well, that's yours. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just, it's just nuts. And, and you sit down and you start talking and you find out that we're doing everything but what God said in many areas of our life. And today I, I just got to challenge you, you know, uh, uh, as your pastor uh, uh, and as, as your friend. I'll be your friend. I know you don't have any today. You get to leave different than you came. You get a friend. Selah. As your friend, let me tell you something. You can't live life any way you want. Well, I'm free. Yeah, but you're free to make the right choices. In other words, there's, there's nothing stopping you from living God life. You're free. And if you don't live God life, you don't get God life results. And if we're not producing God life results, it proves we're crazy. Uh, the, the price has been paid. The suffering that he went through, the, 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 the agony and, and, and the wounds that he took so that we could step into wholeness and freedom. He, he has positioned us to win and succeed in every situation in life. And for us to think that, if, well, I'm, I'm just going to do it the carnal way. Romans 8, 6 says to be carnally minded is death. Death isn't dead. Death is separation. Separation from what? From the end that God declared over you at the beginning. But to be spiritually minded, Romans 8 says, to be spiritually minded, that's life, that's peace, that, that's the God life. You know, the enemy, the devil, he comes to kill, to steal and destroy. Jesus said, I came that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top. It's an overflowing life that God wants to give you. But we've got to live it God's way. Look at Colossians with me, chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 from the CEV. It says, you have given up your old way of life. I wonder if we've done that. You know, I wonder if we've really given up our old way of life. Well, we used to get, just get totally wasted on Saturday nights. Now we just get a little buzzed. That's not giving up your old way. That's just making a compromise. Hello? 
well, I, we were never drinkers. No, you're just gossipers. Or you're just backstabbers. I, I need a bulletproof podium to stand behind. You know, we got this stuff in our life and we think it's okay. He said, wait a minute. You know, the assumption that the Bible makes is that we're actually doing what it says. In the Old Testament, he'd say, hear and do, and it will be well with you. Hear and do, and you shall enter into the land. Hear and do. In the New Testament, it just says, hear. Because it assumes that you're doing what you hear. And what we do is we listen. We don't hear, we listen. But to hear means to perceive and understand and, and, and put into application. And, and a lot of us, you know, we haven't gone away from our old way of life and its habits. You know, our habit is to not think the best, but to think the worst of everybody, you know, on sight. You know, we start making judgments. And, and why? Well, because we've all been wounded. We've all experienced things in life that were unpleasant. And we've focused on pain and on trauma. And that has... That's kept us so, you know, disconnected from the healing and restoration that God has available. Look at what it says in verse 10. Each of you is now a new person. Look at somebody close to you and say, I'm fresh and new. You know the Bible. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he is new. Old things are passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Hello, fresh and new. You know, know, I don't know your past and I don't know what you've been through, and I don't know the decisions you've made and, or the actions that you've performed or the attitudes that you had. But the reality is, it doesn't matter. If we're in Christ, we're new. We're new. And he said, you know, each of you is now a new person, and you are becoming more and more like your Creator. Isn't that awesome? You're becoming more and more like your Creator. I think sometimes the enemy, you know, he, he doesn't want you to know that part. He doesn't want you to know that Christ is being formed in you. If you go back to Galatians and read and go on, he said, you know, he was writing in that letter and he said, you know, don't keep slipping back into those old miserable forces, but I'm praying for you. And it's kind of like a mother giving birth. We're back in travail until Christ be formed in you. Just remember, champions are not born. They're formed. You know, to get a really good golf swing, you've got to swing that club a lot. Because you're not born with a natural swing, a perfected swing. You have to form it. And it's, it's that character that ties you to the end result that God has for you. That character's got to be formed. You can have all of the, the material and the equipment and everything, but until it's put together, you still don't have the end result. You could buy a piece of property and have, you know, bags of concrete and lumber and, and screws and nails and windows and doors, have it all delivered. But you don't have a house until you go to work and build it. Right? It, does it take some effort to build a house? You know, does it take some planning to build a house? You know, you want to build a house, you know, talk to our brother. Hey, does it take effort to build stuff? You know, you don't just go to bed one night and get up the next day and, wow, check it out, we're moving in. But that's how we act about God life. I'm, I'm going to pray a prayer, and you need to. You've got to pray without ceasing. You've got you to develop a, a passionate prayer life. But you also got to go to work. And you've got you to gotta tear some things down because some of the stuff that we've allowed to remain in our life, it's, it's destroying the future 
that God has for us. You come up with all kinds of excuses and all kinds of pains and, and all kinds of problems. And then we get, you know, so we're so focused inwardly. That, uh, and, and then you find out that God's plan for your future demands that you connect to other people. Fifty-seven times in the Bible, the phrase one another is used. Love one another. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. And so you've got to be, you know, without another, you can't fulfill God's plan. So now you've got to get around people. And they're crazy. And so are you. And we end up with some problems. Because we have a force that's shaping our future. Today we're going to talk about a force that shapes our future that we've got to deal with. And it's called the force of wounds. There's nobody in this place without a wound. Well, somebody just carried the baby out. But you know what? If you're old enough to talk, you probably have some wounds. And those wounds, whether you like it or not, are forming your future. Well, let me rephrase. It's not the wound. Your response to those wounds is forming your future. Your response to those wounds forming your future. I, I, I want to read a passage of Scripture from the message last week we, we read it from different translation but john 15 we're going to read a few verses here he says i am the real vine my father's the farmer he cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes and every uh, branch that is grape bearing he prunes back so it'll bear even more you're already pruned back by the message that i've spoken to you live in me and make your home in me just as i do in you and in the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself but only by getting joined to the vine you can't bear fruit unless you're joined with me I am the vine, you are the branches. When you are joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourself at home with me and my words are at home on you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is. When you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. I've loved you the way my father has loved me. Make yourself at home in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. Kept my father's commandments, made myself at home in his love. I've told you these things for a purpose. Everybody say, for a purpose. All of this is for a purpose. Here's why. That my joy might be your joy and that your joy wholly mature. This is my command. Love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I am no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me, remember. I chose you. And I put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bears, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command. Love one another. Guys, here's, here's our challenge. I got three points I want to give you real quick. Number one is that there's a purpose for God's instruction. Anytime God's giving instruction, there's a purpose. 
He's not, he not doing it to manipulate you and control you. He's taking you to a place. He's taking you to an end result. He's taking you to position you so you can win and succeed regardless of the situation. He has a purpose. God's purpose for your life is that you would bear fruit. We just read it. That God wants you to bear fruit. Look at your neighbor and say, you're fruity. Okay? You're becoming more and more like him. You're going to produce more fruit. It's his purpose that you would produce fruit in your life. Point number two, this is not a suggestion. He said, this is my commandment. If if we don't do this, we're in sin. And if we say we love him, he said, if you love me, then you're going to do what I'm telling you. We don't get it. Well, I'm going to pray about that. I'm so tired of hearing people say that. I'm going to pray about it. Where, where, are you, where are you serving in the body? Would you help us here? Well, let me pray about it. Pray about what? Pray about obedience? I mean, that's just so weird to me. I, I'm going to pray about it. And, 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 you know, I've got a couple extra minutes this morning. I've got like 10 minutes left. Uh, let me just rant, okay? It's, it's, uh, it's Independence Weekend, and, and, and I'm free. <laughs> Do me a favor, because, see, you're here. We can talk about people who aren't. Okay, so here's the deal. Once you connect and you sign up and you say, you know what, I'm going to do what the Bible says. and I'm going to serve the body. I'm going to get it. I'm going to help. Would you not text your, your, your leader the, the day on Sunday morning and tell him I'm, I, something came up? You know what's crazy is that, uh, you know, in children's ministry, and it's not just here, it's all across the board, talking to pastors uh, all over the place. And in children's ministry, do you realize that, that they have to double the size of their work crew because almost half of them don't come? And I'm thinking, I'm in here. I, don't, I never hear this stuff. And so, you know, I, I, I go talk to, to Pastor Cheryl, who's doing a great job with her kids, and find out that she's getting, you know, people dropping the ball on her all the time. And, and it, honestly, you know, guys, I'm trying to be like Jesus, but I want to choke you out when you do that. You know, I'm like, are you kidding me? And, and you well, how did I get there? I don't know. I just had to get that out. Look at your neighbor and say, that was for you. <laughs> we act like what we're doing for God doesn't matter. And it does. It makes a difference. He he is not making suggestions. He commanded us, love one another the way I loved you. The point number three, God's way produces God fruit. Your way don't. God's way produces God's fruit. There's a way Jesus has loved you. I've got to tell you something. There's, there's days, specific days, specific, well, not the whole day, moments in the day. You know, moments in the day where I'm pretty sure that with my attitude, with my thoughts, with some of the stuff that I've said under my breath, you know, and God knowing, Jesus knowing it all, I'm certain that on those moments that he would be justified, it would be legitimate for him to look at me and say, I don't like you. Let me read a paragraph. Have there been moments when you performed specific actions, which will remain unmentioned, or made particular choices, 
which we won't talk about. Or possessed certain attitudes, which we choose to forget about. Which, if your relationship was based solely upon, would give Jesus grounds to justifiably make the ultimate statement, I don't like you. I think some of us, when it comes to loving one another, we put all of the burden on the other. If they don't do it the way we like it, when we want it, how we want it, for as long as we want it, we think that justifies us to make a statement. You're not worthy. You don't matter. That's not the way Christ loved us. Jesus said, "I, I want you to love others the way I've loved you. He made an open, wide statement. In his word, when he said, you know what, you're, you're, you're going to miss the mark. And when you do, here's what I want you to do. If you'll confess, I'll forgive every single time. He says, you know, in advance, in advance, forgive. It's actually two words put together make one word. For means in advance. Give equals a gift. A gift is something that's given to someone who's done nothing to deserve it. So what he said is forgiveness isn't about your past, but forgiveness is all about your future. Forgiveness doesn't erase the past. It just opens the door for the future so that you can have a future that's not tied up by the past. He said, you know what? What I want you to do is I just just want you to use the force of forgiveness to deal with the wound of your heart so that you can grow and produce fruit. You know, it's interesting that got an email a uh, copy of an email from a Bible school student that, that was shared with Stephen, and, uh, and, and it ties in so well, and it's about the vineyard. And I, I just want to read a couple of paragraphs here. He said, my, my home is surrounded by grapevines. We have more than one million living plants. Grapevines reach as deep as 20 feet into the ground, deep into the soil, and the soil provides a place for the roots to take hold, giving the vine stability. And the root of the vine draw nutrients and water, which sustain the vine. The the prune vines are dormant right now when he was writing this. He said, but they're resting. They're waiting for spring and when they burst forth with life. And they, but even in the dormant season, they have life in them, which is stored for the tremendous burst of growth called a bud break. So even though the casual eye sees acres of grapevines, each of these vines has a scar just above the soil line that most of the eyes don't see. It's a scar created by what's called the graft wound. Each of the vines is growing on a rootstock a wild-growing grapevine, but that grapevine uh, doesn't produce fruit, but it does provide a home. And the rootstock is not susceptible to sickness or disease. A tiny bud from any chosen varietal is cut away and planted into the fresh-cut flesh of the stock root, and the bud bleeds, the rootstock bleeds, and a Band-Aid is carefully placed around the wound, leaving an opening for the bud to burst forth in the spring. The vine that grows forth will produce fruit. But it's growing off of the rootstock. Jesus is our rootstock. He's not susceptible to sickness or disease or death. We are grafted into his flesh, into his perfect life, death, and resurrection. We are cut away from the vine into which we were born. That vine is susceptible to death and disease and sickness and placed into Christ's wound. But in his body, we're provided a home in which our life is lived. This is not merely a context for life. This is life itself. It's Christ's life. His roots tap infinitely deep into the soil and provide us with nutrients and living water and a structure that gives us stability. It's in his wound. Think about it. 
the, the rootstock bleeds and the vine bleeds, but that's where the opportunity for growth occurs. See, when you get around people, they're actually helping you grow because they're making you bleed. Come on. And when you're bleeding, you have a choice to make. You can focus on the pain or you can focus on the opportunity to go back to Christ who bled for you and be grafted into him again and produce even more fruit. See, your wounds are forming your future. And you're making a decision to whether that wound is going to produce fruit or pain. If it's going to give you the excuse to not love or the opportunity to demonstrate love like Christ loved you. I got to tell you something, you know, just this week as I was, you know, getting ready and sometimes, you know, you start praying about specific things. Have you ever noticed that when you get focused on something, you start going towards it, the opposition immediately comes. That Jesus said, you know, well, I mentioned earlier, the sower sows the seed and the seed's the word of God. But immediately the, the, they come to try to steal the seed. You, you know, your greatest opposition is always after your freshest revelation. You know, you, you decide, you know, you, some of you guys, you can testify better than I can. When, well, when we, decided, when we decided to start tithing, all of a sudden, the, you know, financial storm came. You know, I decided I was going to love my neighbor, and then he actually came home from work. I decided, you, you know, when you, make the, when you make movement, opposition comes. And, you know, and so, you know, I'm pressing in here, and I'm thinking, yeah, man, you know, because God's talking to me about this stuff, and I'm just going to love people. I'm going to love people, and then people showed up. And then I want to be like Peter. I'm going to love him from afar. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, and God just starts dealing with me. He starts talking to me. You know what's messing you up, Tom? I, what's that? Yeah, I know. I know who's messing me up. And he goes, no, I don't think you do. Because you're messing you up. It's not them. It's not the devil. It's you. I'm like, this must be a wrong number. Hang up. <laughs> and he called back. And uh, we, we kept talking. And it's like, you know, look, look at how you're thinking. Look at your mind. Look at your mind. Look, look at, you're focusing on stuff. And I just got to tell you, this last week or so has been so crazy with, with people that, and, and their stuff. And, and, and the reality is, is that, you know, deep inside of me, I really care. And it drives me crazy that people are crashing and burning. And, had they, and they, they were here. I saw them. I talked to them. I shook their hand. Had they, had they applied any of what we've talked about in the last five weeks, they wouldn't be where they are today. And it's so frustrating. So I start thinking. God said, you know what? You're, you're thinking wrong. And then you're talking to yourself and you're saying things wrong. And I'm like, okay, Jesus, help me. Help me because this has got to stop or, or I'm going to move. You know, it's fun to talk about quitting when you know you never will. You ain't never going to quit, but I'm sure going to talk about it. He said, you know what you got to do? You, you, you need to get your mind off that stuff. And, and I realized that there are some things I know that I've not been applying in my own life recently. I know, I know for a fact that, that your mind, you do not have the ability to think about one thing while humming about another thing. You know, you know the song we sang this morning, uh, Today is the Day. And that part at the beginning goes, oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 you know, just that, oh, 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 you know, 
if you just hum that, do that with me. So you couldn't even think, this is stupid, until we stopped. Can't do it. You can't hum. You can't hum and think about something else. You get, you, your mind won't let you do it. So I got in the car, and I just started humming a lot, right? Just humming stuff. And then it hit me. Jesus must have been a real intense hummer because the way he loved us. He didn't think about the mistakes that we were going to make. And he didn't think about the wounds that we were going to create. And he didn't think about the choices that we were going to make and the actions we were going to perform and the attitudes that we were going to work hard to develop. He just thought about the joy that was set in front of him. He said he endured all of that for the joy that was set in front of him. And so, you know, Stephen helped me. We, we picked up one of these. He said him and TJ drive around and they hum to music on the radio. And, and it's actually better than without one of these. So today we're giving all of you one of these to rescue your weak. Some, some people don't know what this is. It's a gazoo. They don't know how to use it. You put the fat part in your mouth. You don't blow, you hum. Okay, anybody can play one of these. You probably ought to drill holes in this top part, wear it as a necklace, so that when you get around people, you can just immediately insert it. You know, I've wore out four of these this week. And it's helping. Jesus said, you know, I'm telling you this so that my joy will be your joy. See, a lot of us are trying to... We're trying to find happiness, but happiness is based on happenings. But joy is a fruit. Joy is a fruit, and what's happening doesn't change the fruit unless we disrupt the vine. So what we've got to do is stay connected to Christ. And when we're wounded, we've got to look at the opportunity to produce even more. I can produce more fruit. I, I, can, I, can be, I can be better at loving people. Just like building a house, you know. You know like we said, you're not going to go to bed and get it tomorrow and it's built. No, you're going to have to develop the ability to love people the way Christ loved you so that you'll have joy. And you know what God spoke to me this week? He said, you know, the, the fact is, is that a lot of people blame the fact that they have no joy on the actions of others. But the reality is, is that it's the product of their own choice. That if you want joy unspeakable, filled with glory, all you've got to do is love the way Jesus loved. And then nothing can take your joy. Nothing. It don't make any difference how idiotic you get or they get. You're just going to walk around with Big old honking, fat, plump grapes hanging all over you. Because you're going to have joy. So we're going to practice this. I'm going to make you do it. I'm going to make you do it. I have one minute left. Hold this thing up. Come on, band. Come back. Come on, worship team. Let's do this. Look at your neighbor and say, if you don't do it, I'm telling. Tell them. Because what we're going to do is, is if we find people that aren't doing it, we're going to bring you up to the platform and teach you how to do it with a microphone. You, you ready? I'm ready? Okay. You can break out into your own solo if you want to. This is going to be sick. <laughs> this is awesome. Fine, finally, you made it to the worship team. 
Kick us. You guys ready? Now, when I do this, okay, you're on the worship team. When I do this, you stop. <laughs> or else, every time I get around you, I have to. Okay. Okay, you getting it? Anybody sitting next to you not doing it? Okay, here we go. See, see here, here's one of the things. I just want to throw this out at you. This isn't really life and death vital. This really isn't that hard. A lot of us come to church, listen to all kinds of stuff. And the reason we're not seeing the production of the promise of God in our life is because we don't do it past those doors. Right. Well, this is just stupid. Well, you sit there and think it's stupid. It's, it's kind of crazy. But the reality is that until you start applying some stuff in your life, well, you've, you're where you're going to be. Well, I'm doing fine. You know, Jesus wrote a letter to a bunch of people who said, you know, we don't need any of this. We got everything we need. We're doing fine. He called them wretched, pitiable, poor, blind. Today, I want your joy to be full. This isn't going to do it. What, what does it is when we obey Him. When we obey Him. So, you know, maybe for 36 seconds, you could stretch yourself all the way out of the box and go, I know it's a big stretch for you. But it could be the thing that breaks the chain. Maybe it brings household salvation to you. Maybe it'll release a financial increase that's above and beyond anything you could ask or think. Maybe it bring healing to your house. Physically. Emotionally. I don't know. But I know this. God's plan for you is worth a few bars of humming. Hello? You ready? We're going to do this, and then you know what we're going to do? We're just going to open the communion table. And we'll probably quit humming, but we'll open the communion table. And we're going to, you know, we're just going to let you go and get, get the emblems and get with your family and your friends and pray together and partake. You know, do, don't do it right there. Just take them and go back to your chair or go down the hall or do something. And just pray. But Jesus, the wounds that he suffered... The body that was broken. The Bible says that he endured all of that for the joy that was set before him. For the joy. And i got to tell you something. that If there's any fruit that we want to produce at mass quantity, it's joy. So today... You know, kind of lighten up. Last night we had a baptismal service, and, and I just got to tell you, one of the guys came to me and he said, you know, I was so irritated during the baptismal service. He was getting baptized. He said, this is not at all what I had, you know, in mind. He said, but then you said that, the joy that was set before him. 
said, I realized. He goes, you just had this moment, this breakthrough moment. I want you to have a breakthrough moment today. And there was suffering and there was pain and we take it and we honor it and we respect it and we're not making light at all of the price that Jesus paid. But he did it for joy. So today we can receive it in joy. Amen? Would you stand with me? Kick it off, man. Here we go. I'm the first part.